I don't believe in free speech. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I don't believe in free speech. I can't stand what they teach. I can't stand what they preach. I don't believe in free speech. Today we're going to talk about um, some recently canceled academics and just the general... Uh, sorry state of academia in general as it has just steadily declined from being a legitimate and in fact crucial social institution to being the German Stasi, basically, the new ministry for state security. Uh, <laughs> the inquisitorial squad of Dolores Umbridge or whatever you want to say. Well, I tell you, it does make me look forward to leaving academia because I've, you know, had this whole career in academia, but I'm becoming so disillusioned with what's going on. And I feel like it's only a matter of time before any of us might end up canceled or suspended or investigated and fired and, and or just, you know, publicly humiliated on social media. So I just think, you know, I... It's just not worth it. I mean, it doesn't even. It's not even a job that pays that well, you know. So I just don't think like being an academic is is worth it anymore, which is really sad because you know I it, it, I think it used to be a great career, especially in the seventies and eighties and into the nineties. But I really don't think it's the same anymore in higher ed today. People like me that went to you know like we're doing undergrad college in the, in the 90s, say. Um, where, you know, yeah, that's like, you still had that, you know, that image they grew up on of like, ooh, I'm going to be a professor, the old stone and the tweed, you know, <laughs> and, you know, that's for me, you know, and, you know, and, and then it just, you know, by the time I got done with grad school, I was like, that's not what this is. I mean, grad, it's just, you know, it already seemed to me, and again, this was like 20 years ago, but it already was like, you know, it's just um, an administrative, it's just like theory assholes, administrative assholes, and the whole thing was already becoming so ideologically thought policed. Like, I mean, I remember you gave me a book in 2002, or was it 2001, I think, you gave me a book. I was teaching freshman English, and you gave me a book called um, Who Killed Shakespeare? I forgot about that. And back then, I, I imagine I gave that to you because you talked back then about the department often, at least some of the members of the department teaching freshman English, having this sort of naive and arrogant view of what their purpose was teaching freshman English. It didn't seem like it was to teach students how to create a good sentence and to structure an essay properly. It seemed like they were trying to awaken them to some political point of view, or um, they, they thought it was their job to be sort of rush in as saviors and teach them about sexism and racism and, and whatever else they imagined the students didn't know about coming from high school into college. And it's, it's pretty presumptuous, one, to think that you can actually accomplish that, that you can make people change their political views in your class. But it's also, it's just so strange too, because that, that really, I don't think that was their job. And I remember you saying you, you didn't think that was your job to do that. But in these meetings you would go to, you, you would just have to hear about everybody's sort of 
not even hidden agenda. Right. What I was objecting to, I think now looking back on that, what I was really objecting to that I couldn't quite articulate then was that everyone else in the department saw themselves not as instructors or, you know, at best even scholars, but as activists. And that's what it was that I was objecting to was activist scholarship. There's a sort of required ideological compliance and you're, you're, you are required to believe certain things and required to actually profess almost a lot of times, almost, you know, required to actually um, to teach those ideologies. Like your job is activism. Uh, it's certainly not a neutral thing anymore. And it's, it's, it's funny. It's like I'm complaining about how this, this is not neutral. And they're going, why would you think we need to be neutral? Like we've gone so far out of the other, over to the other side that like it's actually officially considered – it's like the job description officially is now activism. Yeah. Well, you won't find it listed as the job is officially activism, but you find hints of it in um, new professor hire um, ads, you know, that are recruiting new professors. They'll say something like uh, successful applicants must be devoted to and then they'll list things that, um, you know, but they'll say you must be devoted to something like diversity, equity and inclusion, which Oh, who is against diversity, equity, inclusion? That that seems very neutral in a way, but they'll say it. They'll say you must be devoted to those things in your research or in your scholarship and in your teaching. It's like, well, how can you be devoted to that in your research? Your research is supposed to be like fact based, and so you you shouldn't have a political agenda in your research. And the point is, yeah, and you know what that means. When you see that, you know, must be devoted to diversity, inclusion, and equity, you know what that means. That's that's a very thinly veiled code. And and sometimes it's not even well, we I remember also twenty years ago, you and I were laughing about how was it like Ani DeFranco in a concert? She shouted out like, let's celebrate diversity. Yeah. And everybody goes, yay. <laughs> yay. And it's like, what a fucking ridiculous, like, like, what does that even mean? Diversity to whom? Yeah, it's a, it's it's one of those things where, you know, we, we can all get behind something because it can mean something different to everybody. And, and that's just, yeah, that's just the hairy armpit patchouli smelling version of of what everybody was doing in Desert Storm of saying, like, what are you, are you an enemy of freedom? Right, you know, yeah. <laughs> We're for freedom. Yeah, freedom and liberty. And, they, and like <laughs> Bush would always say that, like, you know, now Saddam, he hates freedom. That's that's what you got to understand, people. You know, that's Saddam Hussein. He he hates, he's an enemy of freedom. He hates freedom. He hates our freedom. You know, and it's like, what? what is it? I mean, like, it's just like, we love freedom. They hate freedom. This is like a comic book. But this is... You know, the celebrate diversity. Now it's the it's the opposite. It's exactly the same thing though now. And didn't you say like didn't App State um try to require they had they were trying to make a thing where like it was like a new sort of amendment where like all professors the quote was all professors must support Black Lives Matter. Where no, where was that this? wasn't at App State. Some universities are are um suggesting that that you should declare your support for Black Lives Matter because that's that is the way to be anti-racist and if you're not su- declaring your work on behalf of anti-racism you're racist 
right? So you you can't just take a neutral stance. The whole idea is that you have to be actively anti-racist or you're racist, which is just a newer version of that old saying, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And it does presume, it presumes that professors are supposed to be actively politically involved and part of a solution to some social problem. It, it's still, it, there's still so much ideology that goes into determining whether you're doing the right thing or not. And so, you know, if if somebody is political in the classroom, but they say something pro-Trump, you know, then a bunch of people call for them to be investigated or fired or canceled or whatever. Um, like Amy Wax is, you know, Republican. She's the law professor and she's in trouble for for saying her political views and you know, she said something negative about Asian immigration because she said, if Asian Asians who immigrate to the United States vote Democrat, I want to limit Asian immigration. So she's she's just taking this unapologetically uh, anti-Democrat, pro-Republican stance. I don't agree with her, but she she's doing what so many professors do, which is sharing their political view. You can't you can't encourage professors to be political and then limit it to only the political views you agree with. Well, that's the thing. That would be what a normal, sane person would say, and that's definitely uh, what I would say is that this is a classic, like, look, you can't have it both ways, people kind of situation. Uh, but, you know, that's... But the thing is, they, they, they can, of course, and they do. In the case of Amy Wax, you have... I don't agree with her either. Obviously, that sounds pretty offensive. I'm not... The, but that's the point. Uh, is that's not the point is not whether or not it's offensive. The point is not whether or not we agree with her. That's why we're so everybody is so used to uh, it's just if you agree with the statement, then that's like the ends always justify the means, right? If you if you yeah. agree with the statement, then you're cool. Like if you say, let's celebrate diversity, everybody's like, awesome, what's wrong with diversity? And if you say something else, then <laughs> I mean, there, there are certainly examples of people from outside of the university who are right wing who try to cancel those professors. I mean, there's a professor's watch list where they they put professors on a list when they hear something about the professor being too radical politically and too leftist in class. But in terms of the forces inside the university, I think the the people um, trying to do the canceling there are left-leaning and they try to cancel the right-wing ones. And again, but it, if we don't like people from the outside trying to come in and, and interfere with what faculty members are teaching or what kind of research they're doing and what they're saying in their publications when they try to share their knowledge and and add to the collective knowledge we have and contribute to the public good then you can't you can't do it yourself you can't try to cancel people for having views you find offensive or or for putting out research that you think has inconvenient implications you you have to let knowledge flow freely you can you can critique it that that's part of that's part of knowledge production you can disagree with what people say but to cancel them and try to get them fired is really scary and uh, the people who were calling for amy wax to be fired they looked a lot of them looked like they were students um their reason was her views run against or run afoul of the commitment to social justice that the university has declared and that's where you get into, you know, well, 
what, what, I mean, we don't have a definition of what things are socially just. Mostly we argue about what is social justice, like what would be just and what isn't. There are different groups of people that have different visions of that. So you, there isn't some clear definition. That's the two main, yeah. The two main problems are that, first of all, we don't all agree. And so, you know, we don't, we all have different, you can't just shut down one side completely because you don't agree. That's just not how democracy works. It's not how decent human interaction works. A, you can't just go, well, what we believe is right. And what other people believe, uh, no, they don't get to speak because, and of course that the way that they shut that down is by just labeling it like hate speech. Like the other person says, I have a right to speak. And they go, don't pull your free speech bullshit on me. This is hate speech. You do not have a right to speak, to speak words that put other lives in danger. And of course what they're doing is just radically overstating harm and claiming victimhood all over the place. Every time somebody offends them, they act like they're, it's like the same as like pulling a knife on them and it's not. And we need to stop pretending like it is. So that's like issue number one. And issue number two is that they're completely failing to distinguish between beliefs and action. Like Amy Wax hasn't done anything wrong. She just said something that people find offensive. And again, whether or not I find it offensive is not the point. You know, the point is all she did was say, you know, I don't think we should let Asians in here because they're voting for Democrats. And okay, so that's offensive. I totally understand why that is offensive to people. But the point is she hasn't done anything wrong. There's absolutely no evidence whatsoever that her teaching is in any way negatively impacted or that she would be in any way uh, ineffective as a professor and certainly not dangerous as a professor. And we've seen that before too where a person suddenly – professors will suddenly be accused of being – a safety risk to their students. Their students don't feel safe around the professor. And not only do they not feel safe, but the administration will actually validate this by saying, in the case of, for example, um, Alan Walker, another recent thing, the, the professor finally, like it's a mutual decision between the professor and the institution that Alan Walker should step down, quote, for the safety of the like the lives and safety or something like that of of of, of the f- staff and student body. In other words, Alan Walker was a is a is a professor who did some research that people didn't like, and the research was found defended by other scholars in the field as legitimate. But we just it's an uncomfortable area of research, and so suddenly this professor is out of a job, and the reason is that the the students and the faculty's lives are in danger on campus. It's the same thing as like when Dave Chappelle's show comes out and suddenly uh, the, the, the existence of the Dave Chappelle show is placing trans lives in danger because it, it adds fuel to the fire. Other people out there who already don't like trans people are going to hear Dave Chappelle and then they're going to go, that's right, let's go kill some trans people. You start to justify it. It's this slippery slope, you know, between that and all of a sudden totally disallowed thought police situation, you know. Well, that's where we're at now is that with Amy Wax – we are demanding that somebody be fired for just believing something that we don't think they should be allowed to believe. And this is where right. they assumed that if Amy Wax believes that Republican stuff about limiting uh, immigration groups because they might end up becoming Democratic voters rather than Republican voters, then 
then she must be anti-Asian, Asian-hating or Asian-phobic or all the above, and then she must actually discriminate against Asian students in her classes. By not distinguishing beliefs from action where, you know, then you're getting into that thought police territory where you're, you're, you're condemning a person for just believing something that you don't think they should be allowed to believe. And it doesn't stop there. You know, I brought up the case of Alan Walker a while ago, and it's, this is a case not even of somebody, somebody losing their job, not even somebody believing the wrong thing, but somebody exposing the existence of other people believing the wrong thing. Like this person, <laughs> this person did uh, research. Uh, their research was on pedophilia. So Walker used the term minor attracted people instead of pedophiles to just to make a distinction, saying that like there needs to be more of a distinction between people who are non-acting pedophiles. So I bring this up here, but it's interesting because again, you have this interesting contrast between um, whatever's going on inside of your psychology or whatever and what your actual behavior is. We do have a system of law in case we need reminding. We do judge people based on their actions. We don't, there, aren't, there aren't supposed to be thought crimes at this point, right? So Walker's research is about that. It's about... Um, People who, because the point is that people who are attracted to minors, as Walker puts it, um, that's a feeling that they cannot help. Very much like homosexuality. Uh, historically, we did exactly the same thing. You shut this down, require, you know, chemical therapy or jail, etc. So, you know, trying to learn that lesson historically, Walker is doing all of this research showing that... Uh, you know, the majority of people who are who might have these feelings do not act on these feelings and they cannot be uh, lumped in with like predatory pedophiles. And so the point is, all of these um, scholars and activists and researchers in the field rush to Walker's defense to say this is legitimate scholarship. It is important to not we're un this is an uncomfortable area of research, admittedly. However, this is legitimate, valid research. It's important. And um, Old Dominion University was like, yeah, yeah, fuck them anyway. So people got mad at Walker because Walker, in studying the people and identifying the distinction between uh, minor attracted people who do not act as pedophiles in the world and don't commit any crimes, and, and distinguishing them from actual pedophiles who prey on children, the, the people thought that Walker was necessarily... Defending defending pedophilia. Validating pedophilia. So it has to be shut down. We don't like the research. It has dangerous implications. Shut it down. Erase it. Doesn't matter if it's true. Doesn't matter if it's valid. More and more, you see liberals acting like, not conservatives even, but, you know, fascists. It's, (laughs) it is not truth or justice that matter. Truth encompasses a true diversity of opinions, even uncomfortable ones, even maybe uncomfortable truths about ourselves. Uh, Justice has to be balanced. Justice can't have it both ways. Only effect matters now. It is not truth. It's not justice. It is only the effect. That is, identity politics is driven by the question, will this benefit me? It is the essence of narcissism. Will this benefit me? Will this benefit my tribe? Will this benefit my worldview? What effect will this have 
on the world. It doesn't matter if it's true. It doesn't matter if it's fair. It doesn't matter if it's just. It doesn't matter if it's right. The only thing that matters is the effect. It reminds me of William Jennings Bryan, you know, like in the Scopes trial. The crux of the case was that, uh, you know, it was William Jennings Bryan was the guy fighting to keep uh, evolution out of the schools, really. And I, I always remember this quote uh, from him where he said, it's not about whether or not evolution as a theory is true. It's about what it will do to us as a society if we accept it as true. William Jennings Bryan himself did, did believe, he was a believer, but that isn't the point. The point is that he could make this sort of detached, sort of cynical, uh, self-aware, I gotta give it to him for that, self-aware statement of like, you know, I believe it, but even if I didn't, we should, this should be the law anyway, because if it isn't the law, we're fucked. The implication of that quote is that regardless of what you believe, the question is not what is true, the guiding principle is not truth. The guiding principle is effect. Yeah, but you, but do you agree with that? Or when you said that's a great quote, do you mean it's great because it captures a long history of people being threatened by truth-seeking scholarship? Or are you saying we should tamp down on truth or research results that might not be good for us? What I'm saying is, these social justice warriors, <laughs> identity politics, victimhood politics, essentially at this point, the administration of every university, the people who are in charge of every university are on the side of William Jennings Bryan. That's what they sound like. This is not about truth. It's not about whether this is fair to anybody. It's not about whether it's true. It's not about whether it's right. It's about we are trying to build a society here. We as a university have have decided these are the goals of the university. This is the social justice vision. And anybody who doesn't fall in line is not allowed here. If, if you, as a student, if you fall out of line, Fuck you. As a faculty, if you fall out of line, you're gone. The William Jennings Bryan thing, I, I think about that because it's like, it's, it's, that quote is so interesting to me because it, it's a whole sort of, it encapsulates a whole philosophy, you know, about, about how we should live and how we should structure a society based on really something that's very big brotherish, you know, like in 1984, this idea of like, you know, we are doing this, um, and you get this kind of like villain in, in books like 1984, um, these dystopia things where you have like the villain is always saying something like, people don't know this, but we're doing it for their own good. They're always winking at us going, but we know that people really do want, people want freedom and people want truth. And the villains are always saying people don't want to be free. I mean, you see this everywhere from like, you know, from <laughs> highbrow books to just like, you know, um, just your average sort of superhero movie. You're always getting these villains going like, you know, people don't want to be free. People don't know what the hell. People, people need to be told what to do. You know, I just like the new Matrix movie. It's all over that, right? People need to be told what to do. But those are the villains. And they're winking at us and we're supposed to go like, ah, you're wrong. People want the truth. People want to be free. They'll rise up. How are we, how are we supposed to, what is the best way to construct a society? And I just, I'm just pointing out, I guess, that these that these people we're talking about are definitely landing themselves on the side of these the sort of 
either either like the fundamentalist like William Jennings Bryan or just like totalitarians and fascists, you know, like the, you know, the bad guys in 1984 or whatever. Like the point is they're saying this is what people should believe. And if they don't believe it, we will make them believe it. And that's, mm. that's the bottom line that we have to understand. And that these people are just too, I want to say they're too fucking stupid to understand this, but you're talking about like law professors at Harvard. You're talking about the smartest people and the most educated people. And they're sitting here acting like fascists and thinking that they're freedom fighters. You know, they're, that when, you, when, you, when you fire your professors for thinking things that they shouldn't think, when you fire professors for doing valid research that uncovers truths that we don't want to be true, you were not acting that this is not liberalism anymore. Now you're saying, you know, like if I read that William Jennings Bryan quote to these people, they would say, fuck that asshole because it's conservative because we're talking about evolution versus creationism. But in terms of like whose side are you on – they would not realize they are actually they are making the same argument, but that identification would bother them a lot. It's like the same thing as like doing these like doing like a penile sensitivity test on on a homophobe, and and then got bad news for you, Bill. Um, you so your penis was definitely getting enlarged when we showed you that gay pornography, and he's like, well, that's not possible, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want that to be true, you know. I think that kind of truth is very interesting, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's these people. Like, you take the Harvard law professor who's, who's you know, go like, actually, you know, you sound like William Jennings Bryan right now. You were the guy who 100 years ago would have been fighting to keep evolution out of the schools. 